It goes fast or what? I know, I know, I know. Some of you are thinking, they say either when you're old, getting, you're either getting old or you're having a lot of fun. When you go, I think we're having just a lot of fun. I'll stick with that. Um, I was on social media this morning and I saw one of my cousins. She was my little cousin. And today was her birthday and uh, she's 35 years old. I'm thinking, how does my little cousin turn 35? Time goes fast, right? <laughs> yes, it does. You guys are too quiet. Do you have like a Christmas, after Christmas coma going on here trying to get up from it? Yeah, I know what you did. But we're going we're gonna to speak. I'm going to go to the Word this morning, and I'm excited to share. The message today is, uh, I'm going to title, Just Forgetting the Past. And, uh, being, and I think it's fitting that it's um, the end of, the, of, a, of a year here coming to us. And uh, there are times that we are our own worst enemies. Uh, when God has something awesome, great in front of us to do, and sometimes we hold on too much to what's already happened, good and bad, or maybe things that have been done to us or against us, and we hold on to the past longer than we need to. And if you go through the Bible, you would realize that God is always wanting us to move forward. Faith always pushes us to move forward. Faith, in fact, it's called a walk of faith. I know there are sometimes we stand by faith, we stand our ground, but we walk by faith and not by sight. They always had some attachment to motion. Um, uh, we, we follow Jesus. We don't follow him backwards, we follow him forward, right? And so, so God is always wanting us to move forward and not dwell on the past. Yes, we learn from our past. Yes, we, 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 we are a product of what our past has been. And that, but, but the Lord says that, that he has better things for us. And even though our past has affected us and maybe shaped us into the person that we are today, the, the, the past does not have to define who we become because the Lord says that I know the plans that I have concerning you, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you a hope. So this morning I want to just share a few words with you this, to encourage you as you go into the new year in 2019 that you can leave the past behind. Don't let it weigh you down and keep you from the goodness and the blessing that God already has declared and has installed for you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says this, Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So verse 2 says, that looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and now he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, as we go into the new year, we, we don't go into a new year with like, like superstitious people thinking that, oh, well, just because the clock changed, that things will change. Uh, and that's what, at all what I'm talking about. But I do believe that the new beginnings, the new beginnings is something that God intended for it to happen from the very beginning. Because your past will weigh you down. And sometimes I've seen people, even in the positive way, they, they, they live in a present day, 
Don't appreciate what's going on right now. Maybe things are not at the greatest as they are right now. And we are looking back to where we had been and we think like things were better back then. And you meet people that don't live in the now. They're not being used by God now. They're not thriving. They don't have the fire of God now. But they once did. They once had an experience with God. They once had a fire. They once had a, a walk with God that was dynamic. They once uh, were so, 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 so um, uh, selfless and serving. They once gave it all. They once were excited about the things of God. And then they lose it. Because sometimes you can become cynical by the weights and the things of life that are happening right now. And you're thinking that the good old days were the good old days and nothing good is happening right now. That's a wrong way to think sometimes. Sometimes we, look, we, we, we hold on to the, wrong, to the even good experiences of the past. And miss out on what God is doing right now. Because God is moving right now. If we jump into the river, his river continually flows. This, it never runs dry. Now, we might get dry sometimes because of where we are. We might get off the river before because of distractions of life, experiences, a bad break. Different things are coming in our lives that we did not expect. A loss here, a disappointment, a failure can cause our hearts to be hardened and get off track and get dry ourselves, but God never runs dry. He continually has supply uh, in his life. And so when we jump in the bandwagon again and get into God's river, then life begins to happen again. Excitement begins to build up. And some people, on the other hand, they hold on to the, to the bad past. They hold on too long to what had been done to them. The person that disappointed you, that you had put trust in them. You had given your life and people did not appreciate it. You actually maybe sacrificed so much and nobody seemed to recognize it. And you just get mad at people and they hurt. And, and, and you know what? Good people get hurt. Innocent people get hurt. Good intentions sometimes don't get appreciated. And God says that he, he wants to heal those places in our life so that the bad that had happened, even if it wasn't our fault, does not keep us bogged down and keep us from the goodness and the blessing and the favor that he already has in store for us. I love what Paul says in this verse. He says, therefore, he says that, that, that we, since, okay, let me, the second line, he says that we need to strip off. We need to, 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 to tear down. We need to, 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 to take all the weight that slows us down. And he goes on even the sin that so easily strips us up. Because sometimes it's not just the good experience of the past that we hold on to or the bad experiences of, of the past that we hold on to. Sometimes we ourselves are the fault that causes us to be slowed down. Our own mistakes, our own missed opportunities. Like, oh boy, how, how many have you ever missed God? You're like, wow, how did I not see that? And Satan likes to use those opportunities to keep us from moving forward as well. Because sometimes when it's someone else's fault, maybe you come and you psych yourself up and bring yourself to a point of forgiving and let it go. But the person that we don't forgive so easily is ourselves. Because once regret starts coming and you think, oh well, I just messed up and uh, good for them. This is always going to be 
what my life is going to look like. I want to rebuke that thought in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and, and I want to show you a couple of things that God intended the new beginnings. To, 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 to be able to break the past and forgetting the past, the first thing we have to understand is this, is that God premeditated fresh start. He premeditated new beginnings. It is by God's design that we even have a new beginning. Now, right from the onset on the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, God creates everything. And on the onset, he sets up the way that our, our world will function. He sets up these cycles of time and that he puts it in place intentionally. God the creator, the omnipotent God, he does not need the world to work the way it does to create, make it conducive for, uh, for life to live. I'm going to tell this. We understand how everything functions, how we go around the sun and how the seasons, you know, he sets up everything and says, it's going to be for seasons and times. And he sets it all up on the way everything shall function. But in it, he creates new beginnings. He creates new beginnings all from the onset. He sets up years. We know that when we go around the solar system, when we go around the sun in our planet Earth, a year is done and we start over and we can anticipate. It's getting cold. We know it's going to get cold in January and February. And, and when it gets too cold, there's uh, some kind of joy that starts coming, thinking, you know, spring is coming. You get so cold, and now you want spring. And then you want the good old summertime. And, uh, and it's about August, and you're like, I'm done with this humidity. <laughs> I remember when I, lived, I moved to Lincoln the first year, the first summer here. I'm, uh, <clears throat> it got just so hot, and I wasn't used to that. And some guy says, well, are you from Africa? I thought you should, you should know this. I'm like, well, just because you see it on TV... It doesn't mean it's the Bible. You know, because where I'm from, it never gets above 85. And it rarely goes below 45. You're welcome. <laughs> so the summers are too hot, and the winters are too cold. But God designed change, and there's an anticipation. You know that even though it may get too cold, I know spring is coming. And there's a, yeah, I could just go one more week or maybe two more weeks and spring is coming. He sets that on the onset because he knows we need a fresh start. He knows that we need a new beginning. He knows that we need to refresh. And this is how much he created days. Days. And you see different scriptures in the Bible that relate to days. He says that though weeping may endure for the night, his joy comes in the morning. And you get to a po another point. It says that great is his faithfulness. Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. He knows that you and I need new mercies every day. He knows that if we, we didn't experience mercy, that we will be restless. We will have uh, some frustration in our lives. We will have 
that what, what I said earlier, where the enemy will bring condemnation because we will fail even when we try to do well. Have you ever tried to do well and come short on your own standard? Forget God's standard. You fell short out of your own standard. And thank God that his mercies, we don't have to wait a thousand years. We don't have to wait for the year of Jubilee. We don't have to wait for a priest in a town far, far away to go in and make meditation, uh, mediation for us before God. But the cross of, the, uh, of Jesus Christ, he tore the veil asana, and he created an avenue for us to face God in the Holy of Holies every day and experience mercy at his mercy seat. You might have failed in 2018. You might have disappointed yourself in 2018. But I'm here to tell you today that there is a new day. There is a new day and behold God is doing a new new thing. His mercies are new for you today. And then that mercy when we experience it, it brings freedom in our lives. In chapter 2 of Genesis, the story of creation goes on. But at the beginning, he talks about another thing. That's not affected by just the way the cycles of, um, of the solar system works. We know about the years. We know about the days. We know what causes that. We know how the months are measured and, and, and whatnot. But it says on the sixth, seventh day, the Lord rested. Now let me ask you this. You think God was so tired? He had worked so hard. The whole story was, on the first day, God said, and it was good. On the second day, God said, and it was good. On the sixth day, God formed, breathed, and said he was very good. God was not tired. He didn't need rest. He is God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. His word causes everything, caused everything to come into existence. Nothing from nothingness into everything we see and, and know exists that we but have no ability to see. He created all that, but he put it there for us. And he established that. He says, after seven days, there's nothing physically. There's nothing physically that gives us a seven-day week. Nothing. Other than that chapter 2 at the first time where God says on the seventh day he rested. And now we have seven-day weeks. Because God knows that even the best of us need to take a break. Because we need to refresh. We need a new beginning. We need a start over. It might have been a crazy week. Nothing went well. But God says, hey... That's all right. Weeping may endure this week, but joy comes next week. There's always next week. He gives us new beginnings over and over again. And, 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 and by understanding that in our hearts, then we can know that the same God who is faithful to, to create and even design the environment that we live in in such a way that we are automatically forced into starting over. That is a God of new beginning in everything that concerns our lives. And there are times I have found that when I'm going for so long, without the change, without moving to the next thing, that God has to shut a door 
to get my attention. A job closes that you thought, oh, I was going for this job, this is what I wanted. You try, oh, you do your best, you interview your best, you show up, you do well, and you're like, sorry, we don't like you. There's someone else that's better than you. And we take it badly sometimes, we don't respond well, we, and God says, no, it just wasn't for you, because I have better things for you. Sometimes God closes a door just so we can start afresh. Sometimes you don't move into your next thing unless the thing behind you is closed. And we're not always good at closing every door, recognizing it's time to shut that door and to move forward. I remember some years ago, I had left a job that I was working at and started my own business. And, and it was scary sometimes because it wasn't, wasn't always going at the beginning the way I had planned and designed for it to go. And I remember uh, in, in one of the roughest times, one of the roughest times in that patch of time at the beginning, when things were not going so well, I ran into a guy that I used to work with that this guy wasn't, was not a, the hardest worker that, that I'd been around. He, he kind of knew how to just get what needs to get done, but didn't put extra effort. But, uh, but man, when the, when the seniors were there, man, he always put a good face. And I met him. We were, I was out golfing with, uh, um, uh, for some seminar and stuff, and we happened to be in the same seminar, and I'm like, here's a vice president in the company. He's like, he got VP or, you know. And I remember in my own heart feeling jealous, envious of him. He's like, wow, if I'd stayed think about where I would be. And my mind started going backwards a little bit. And on my drive home, it was out in Omaha, the Lord says, what was that? <laughs> what are you talking about, God? No, what was that? And I realized that I was being like Lot's wife when God got him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, you know, when this time comes, I want you to move forward because the place behind you is going to get destroyed. The only one thing I ask of you is to not look back. Just keep going, keep going. But then, man, the urge of looking back and think of what it could have been, what could have happened, what if I'd made this move, what if I hadn't made this mistake, and, and then that's where Satan takes you down the spiral of regret, and then you, 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 you are kept from your destiny. And Lot's wife would look back and he says that she became a pillar of stone and, and she missed out on the favor and the, and the green pastures and the destined life that God had for her only because she hang on too long to what God has said, the chapter is closed. Move forward, I have better things ahead for you. When we understand that God already designs our path, God in, in, in our lives, He already has scheduled, He already has scheduled new beginnings for our lives, then we can have peace and it becomes a little easier to let go of the past and moving forward. It says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. There are no mistakes. He designs and he leads our path. In Psalms it says that I will teach and instruct you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you, says the Lord. The second thing we need to learn, 
if we're going to leave the past behind, is we need to, to learn how to intentionally let go. How to intentionally let go. The scripture that Paul references here in, 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 that we read, Hebrews chapter 12, he's talking about ancient athletes used to practice, you know, like um, it was a reference in, in, in what was being practiced back then. An athlete will maybe put weights to, try, to, 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 to practice on, you know. They'll run, let's say, with some, I wouldn't say a big tire. It's not one of those where you like tie your tire, you know, and, and you run. I don't know what they wore. But, but, but when they came to competition, they had to remove that. So they're conditioning their bodies to be slowed down by the weight, but then it makes them better. Uh, so when they don't have the weight, they're lighter and gone. So, so some of those references you see of, of letting that go of the weight, it's a, it really, literally is about just taking off the things that would slow you down so that you could go farther and farther uh, uh, to your full potential. Now, The truth is, there are many things that happen to us or that we experience in our lives that we will never actually forget in real life. There are hurts, there are disappointments, there are failures, or sometimes even successes that happen in the past that you can't even physically forget if you wanted to. That's not at all what God is saying. God says that we need to learn how to intentionally not let those things control our future. Intentionally says, hey, I recognize this, but I'm choosing to move forward. Amen. That's the same with forgiveness. Jesus told his disciples, you know, to, to always forgive and to move forward. And, 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 and people... They would come to him, and, and in this one was very hard. And they'll come back to Jesus and say, now, now, what if, what if, what, what, they, what if they, they, they hurt you again? Do you forgive them? Yeah, you do. Not so much for them, but for you. Seriously, Lord, how many times? Well, let's put it this way. 70 times 7. I bet you that disciple didn't come back again. He didn't want the number to go 100 times 100 because you know he's going to do it. But the point is, is that when we hold on to that weight, when we keep wearing what we are not supposed to wear, the person, the harder, sometimes they even move on with their lives. But we are left Bound internally, compromising our own happiness, our own peace, our own just fulfillment for someone who's not even thinking about you. I remember reading a story once in, uh, in, 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 in Kenya where I grew up. A lot of people lived in the countryside. You know, you had a lot of people in the city, but their real home was in the countryside. And there were very few, when I was growing up, I'd go to visit my grandparents in the countryside, and there were very few vehicles. Like you could stand on the road and just count for the next two hours how many vehicles will pass by. Because a lot of people lived out in the, in the boonies, and they walked up to the road to get a ride or to catch a bus to go into the city. And so when I had read this story, I could totally picture uh, the scenario. And there was this lady 
um, a countryside lady that was had uh, all this basket that she was carrying in her head. Uh, you probably see, see pictures like that from National Geographic. That's all of Africa. <laughs> no, yeah, great. And she, she got to the road, and, and this um, trucker came and, 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 and gave her a lift. I just pulled a new word for you, huh? It's a ride, it's a lift. When you pull a lift, yeah, give her a lift, you give her a ride to go to the city, to the, because she wanted to take her stuff to the market. And the lady had her bag full of her produce that she was taking to the market and sat in that truck with a thing in her head. The driver's looking at her like, what is going, you know, you don't have to really have that in your head. Well, you can just put it down and rest. We'll get you to the market. And, 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 and that story reminds me of how sometimes we live. Where Jesus says to us, take your burdens. Bring your burdens. Cast your burdens unto the Lord. For he cares for you. Sometimes we come to the Lord with all these burdens that we are carrying. We get to the altar and we are at the feet of the Savior. And we get up out of the altar and continue to walk with our bag. And God says, no, let it go. Let it go. Because sometimes we are conditioned to carrying these burdens. That's why we have to learn to intentionally, deliberately, when those thoughts come back of regret, of missed opportunity, of failure, of disappointment, Look at it, it's straight in the head. It's like, that's not for me to carry. It's in the Lord's hand. And I'm moving forward. You're not going to hold me back any longer. Take off the weight. It has to be an intentional thing. Sometimes you have to talk yourself over and over and over again. Sometimes you have to declare, like we were declaring during the offering. He says, this is not my burden to bear. It's God's Amen. burden. I love the whole hymn that says... <clears throat> That we need to take it to the Lord in prayer. Sometimes we don't take it to the Lord in prayer. It was, <laughs> I'm about choking up a little bit because it was my dad's favorite hymn. And uh, <clears throat> you know, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Okay, I just ignited Sam from singing it. And we could do it spontaneously. I'm totally cool with that. What? A friend we have in Jesus. Oh, lots and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what triumphant Oh, faith, oh, what needless gift. Mm. Why? Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. When the Lord says, 
pray at all times, pray without ceasing. I believe it sometimes it's for those things that want to capture us at every moment. When you're alone, you're working out of nowhere, that past comes. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Move on. The failure, Satan comes in and says, Ah, oh, you're not worth it. Have you looked at your family? Have you looked at how messed up it is? You're not going to... They're doing well because they have this. Let me tell you this. We all have messed up families because all the families of the world are messed up. But when we come to Christ, we become a part of God's family, and that family is not messed up. And if you're saved and born again, you are a child, you are a son, a daughter of the Most High, and that family is not messed up at all. We're part of the greatest family ever, the family of God. And congregationally, it's little packets of that restoration. Because we come to the family, it's in the family that you're taught life. It's in the family that you're taught to love, to care. All, all the attributes and the qualities of life that are, that, that are going to help you or break you, you're taught in the family, either intentionally or just caught, just being a part of it. And what God does when he saves us, he makes us part of the family of God and he wants us to be connected like to the church. It's his family on earth so that we can grow and restore that which the enemy had stolen, that which the enemy has destroyed, what he had intended to completely annihilate because the intention is to steal, kill, and to destroy. But God says, I have set a family so that you may come and have life and have it more abundantly. What the enemy wanted to destroy you with, God is going to restore you. God the enemy wanted you to kill you. God is going to give you life. The enemy wanted you in poverty. God wants you to be rich. That's why he says, let the weak say that I am strong. Let the poor say that I am rich. You can say that because you're now a part of God's family. And if you're a good kid in the family, you make sure you do your part. He says, when we come together, everyone has something to bring. Everyone has something to offer. Not just the pastors or a hand, handful of people carrying the burden for it. No, when we all bring something, we begin to grow. And a healthy family is one that everyone, even the kids, have a part to play. It's a family of God. And lastly, as I close, to leave, leave the, last, uh, the past behind, we need to learn to focus on what's ahead. Focus on what's ahead. See, here it says that we're looking unto Jesus, verse 2, that we read earlier. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat at the right hand of God the Father. If you took you out... Don't set your camp there. Focus on where he's taking you. Take the baby steps now. Don't just say, this, oh, you don't know. The hole is so deep that I can't get out of it. No, it doesn't matter how deep that hole was. He is a restorer. He is a builder. He is the creator. He causes things that are not as though they are. He doesn't need raw material to create anything. He is God. 
No hole is too deep that you can't bring you out of. That's why we read that verse this morning uh, uh, during the offering about it says, even if you have faith as little as a master's seed, that you can speak to this mountain and say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. I love that he talks about in that specific verse that God uses the little faith. Because there are sometimes we don't feel like our faith is all that great. You think, oh yeah, you know, Owen has great faith. But my faith is little. It's not all that great. But he says, I tell you the truth, Jesus says. If you have faith even as little as a master sees, that you can speak to this mountain and cause it, tell him to, to move and be cast into the middle of the sea. And it shall be done and nothing shall be impossible. It's not because of our might. It's not because we are better than anybody else. No, no, no. It's, it's not by might. It is not by power. It is by his spirit, says the Lord. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us, says the Lord. 2019, I'm prophesying with my eyes open today, will be a great year be a great year. It's a year of the Lord's favor. He's the one who set it on course. Some of you should not even be here in 2018, but you're here. Some of you should have been destroyed a long time ago, but you're here. You've been pressed, not crushed. You've been persecuted, not abandoned. You've been struck down, not destroyed. Because the Lord is, he, the Lord's hand, the Lord's favor is upon your life. As we enter into a new year, let's go in as people of faith, believing God for great things, leaving the past behind, saying what, what, what happened then happened then. And now is now. And I'm standing believing that greater, the greater things are coming. You know, even when he talks about the move of the Holy Spirit, I love this. I love this. Because sometimes you can watch this and read all these statistics that are kind of depressing. I read one this week. <laughs> that shows how all oh, Christianity and church attendance is declining. Millennials are leaving the church. Every, and you start looking at all those stats, it's like, wow, have we become so godless that we, we don't even have a sense of God? And I remember the Lord says, forget the stats. The Bible says that the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. The Bible says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That your young men shall see visions. All men shall dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit upon all my servants in those days. I'm waiting for the end time revival. I'm believing for greater things in 2019 than I saw in 2018. Because what he has in the future is better than what he's already done in the past. He's the author. He's the finish of our faith. The author. The, the, so we keep our eyes focused. See, Jesus went through the cross. It wasn't fun. In fact, we know this because it's written when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane, when he knew the time was drawing really close and Judas had betrayed him, was about to betray him, he knew what was coming to him. In fact, he would cry to the Lord in prayer. Such fervency, his disciples are like, what's going on with you right now? And he's crying, he says, God, my father, if it is possible, would you take this cup away from me? And then he goes on and says, boy, but not as I will, but as you will. 
Not my will, but let your will be done. And he goes on and says, if it is possible to take this cup from me, please do it. But not, I'm standing still. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. And realizing this, we say this all the time. I started with that phrase that God is good. And all the time. Even in your toughest time, it doesn't change who God is. And sometimes there are some things that come into our life that we are to go through it. Sometimes God's will is not to take us out of it, but to give us the strength to go through it. There are times that he wants to take you out of it. And it is good that way. But there are sometimes he just is there. Come here, Pastor Chris. Over here. You're, you're, you're going on in your life. Sometimes it's just right there. You can do this, Ben. You got it. 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 It's tough. I don't want to keep it. But God is like right there. Right there. It's all right. You got to do it. You got to do it. You, you can do it. You can do it. I know it. I believe in you. I put, I've given you strength. I, I've given you every resource. Like Paul says, that I, he has given us every blessing, every blessing in spiritual places. You can do this. You're not weak. You're strong. It will not break you. It will make you. You will make it to the end. Because you can have this assurance that I'm always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you walk through the waters, I am with you. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your left side, but it will not come near you. You can get through this. It's hard, but you're harder. It's hard, but you're harder. You can do this. There are some things that you're going through in your life that you're meant to go through, but God will see you through after all. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are excited already for 2018? Let it come. Let it come. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? Stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. You can say, I heard someone say, thank you, Jesus. And you just sparked something inside of me. Can we just shout, thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you would not leave us as orphans. You will not leave us to do it alone.